right, joining us right now. You know, the conversation, just so people know, I'm very open that, you know, NBA players and coaches are night owls because of their job. So with with Coach Luke Walton, uh, you, you know, you'll hear him on in the afternoon. That's his prime time. But asking him to come on at 7.30 in the morning, that's just that's just not fair. And if you think he's got a bassy voice, and I got a bassy voice, wait till uh, you get him half-ass awake in the morning. So we're recording uh, uh, la- this last night, everybody. And I just wish sometimes I could uh, play at least some of our conversations prior. Uh, Luke, you and I were just talking about uh, both of us getting a little bit into or exploring the world of Gordon Lightfoot. And that's how I'll introduce you. How are you? I, I'm doing great. And, yeah, it's a, it's a good thing we don't do the show at 7 a.m. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't understand a word either one of us were saying. So... Uh, 7 a.m. That's that's reserved for kids getting ready for for school and uh, and and the coffee going through the bloodstream. That's all. That's the only thing that's happening at seven. But if you get uh, David, you call me at, at one in the morning. I'm ready to talk. So. Right. It's good. It's good to be back on your show. I appreciate it. Plus, you and I also we're. Uh... We're not exactly sparing with our words either. So <laughs> by the time we get done with the BSing, like 20 minutes of the interview would be over. <laughs> yeah, we probably, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with what you said. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm laughing. You're laughing. Kings of, uh, they've won five of six. This is a great stretch. And uh, I'm not saying this for Debbie Downer. I'm saying this because um, you're obviously a vet as a player and a coach. Uh, we've been around this a long time. I was looking at some notes. Uh, last year, uh, between December 8th and December 15th, you won four or five, uh, January 24th to February 8th, six of eight. And then, uh, February 3rd through March 3rd, nine to 12. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that to bring everybody down. I'm saying that because it it seems like not only is, uh, the actual NBA game, a game of runs, but the season is a game of runs right now. You guys are on a pretty dang good fun run. We are. And and I want, you should enjoy it. I want our. Our, our fans to enjoy. It. I don't want the players to enjoy it. Um, but yeah, it's, look, we we understand that, and, and that's why you always hear them talk about like what what's important to us. Or what, what the the cre- you know creating the habits and the behaviors. It's the work we're doing. Are we getting better? Because the wins and losses, like you said, same as within the game, uh, you're going to go on a run. The other team's going to go on a run. We're going to win games. We're going to lose games. Are we getting better? And, and right now, that's why I'm you know. I'm upbeat. I like what I see um, because, you know, at the end of these games, Tatum maybe hits a three, you lose the game. Um, it hurts. Um, but are we getting better? And I, I, and I can see it with our group from where we started the season to where we're at now, what we're doing defensively, how we're communicating as a group, um, the ownership that the players are taking, uh, the confidence that they're playing with. Uh, what De'Aaron is is doing uh, on a night in night out basis right now, like these are all things uh, that a coaching staff is looking for, uh, and you know it's, uh, it's it's going well. You know one of the, one of the things De'Aaron said, and we'll talk about him for a bit. He he, he, he there was a quote he he had that really tweaked me a little bit. He, he in a good way. He he said, um, "Players are holding each other more accountable." And and that's a standard NBA answer. But then he said, players are also understanding that holding each other accountable isn't personal. Uh, 
And I felt like, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I, I look at all these w- great teams of the past. How many times have we seen in the playoffs guys yelling at each other in the huddle? How many times have we seen on the court guys yelling at each other and getting in each other's ear? Uh, and then after the game, they're asked about it. And they're like, yeah, we're family. We hold each other accountable. I feel like that quote kind of gives you a peek behind the scenes that maybe they're taking that next step of accountability. Yeah, we are, and, and you're right. It, 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 that's going to happen on on most teams. Uh, the difference being is on good teams, it's not personal. It's and it shouldn't be personal. Um, and on the bad teams, it becomes personal, and it becomes well, I'm not going to throw you the ball, or I'm going to show you by going and, and scoring. Uh, and it becomes it turns into more of a selfish type of uh, environment than a, you know, the selfless type of environment that we're looking for. And and De'Aaron's, you know, absolutely right. These guys uh, are making strides. We've got a long way to go. Uh, But part of where we are getting better at, you know, I'll come to the the huddle. And I just talked about about this with with Doug um, uh, on his show. You come to the huddle and you hear guys talking about, oh, look, on this coverage, this is what they're doing. So we had – and it's to this music to my ears. That's what that's what we want. We're we're in a partnership. Um, the own the players are being out on the court. They're going to see and feel things differently uh, than what coaches see all the time. So uh, I want that constant communication happening, and I think it's happening this year um, in a way that is is very positive as far as finding ways to attack what other teams are doing. Um, and that, that is a big step in, in building, uh, you know, a, a, a culture and a, building a team that can find a way to win consistently because it's hard to win in this league. So you have to be able to gain every advantage you can. And uh, having players talk to each other like that is, is, a, is a big positive step in the right direction. Coach Luke Walton with us. And again on De'Aaron Fox, he, watching him take that next step in the bubble seeing him continue to rise uh, in his talents, especially over this stretch. You can't blame wins and losses on one guy. And De'Aaron went, I think, three of eight uh, from the line, uh, free throw line against the Heat. You lose by one. He's been 13 of 13 since, seven of seven against the Pelicans, six of six last night. And I just, knowing De'Aaron a little bit, I'll just bet that he took a lot of that loss on his shoulders. The the free throws have been frustrating him. That's also, I think, Luke, probably a little bit of accountability. And you've got to be so impressed as a coach watching this kid, uh, this young man, just really take everything to the next level. Yeah, I, yeah, I am. And, and one of the reasons I'm, I'm so uh, pleased to see it is because I saw how he worked this summer. I saw him, he, him and his fiance. Uh, Rase, where where they were in Sacramento all summer long, and they were coming into the facility, and they were you know in the weight room five days a week. They're doing their individual workout with our coaches, and then they're coming back at night, and they're 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 making you know they make uh, make a commitment to make a hundred threes um, uh, every night a- after the the work is done. So to see a, a young player really commit to his body and his craft like that. And then to see it start to happen for him uh, during these games, and I know this is a small, a small stretch, but it's it's been night in and night out during this run how he's been playing um, is it, very 
it's rewarding because it's why you get into coaching. You want you want to win and you want to build uh, a you know winning culture because it's you know that's where you lived. As, that's why I lived as a player, and it's it's addicting that that feeling. But you all you get into it because you want to see young players live out their dreams, and you want to help them reach their goals uh, and, and achieve great things. So. Uh, to, to see De'Aaron doing this right now uh, is, is a lot of fun. It's very rewarding. Um, and it is so because I know what kind of work he's put into it. And, uh, yeah, we're a much better team with it. And, you know, we got we to gotta continue to push. We got a long way to go. Um, but when he's playing, you know, like that, you know, he's, he, he gives us, you know, he's given us not just him, but, you know, he's really helping us have chances to win these games. And then speaking of young players, obviously Tyrese Halliburton, Western Conference Rookie of the Month in a conference that has the number one and number two picks in it. He's coming off the bench, doing the most with his minutes. You're playing him, you know, comfortably in that four thirty minutes somewhat a night, and just little things, Luke. Little things like uh, end of the half, I think it was, and uh, Buddy throws up the desperation to beat the clock. Ty runs in, just lays it up. It, it's it, it, I don't know about you, but I'm watching as a fan, and I'm just I'm completely blown away by the just the veteran things that he does. And this is a kid that's been in the league a month. Yeah, oh yeah, that that play was huge. I mean, I don't know. I think Buddy got the clock off by where and when he shot that shot, but for him to track that ball as a you know a, a rookie, uh, and like I said, this is this isn't even like a normal rookie class. This is they got drafted, and two weeks later they're playing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that the, there wasn't a lot of turnover time there. And he, you know, he just finds a way uh, to make winning plays. And, and that was a big one. The, you know, the, the the foul at the end of the game, which we talked about in the in the timeout, being up three. Um, and But knowing the difference of fouling somebody that's got their back to the basket and when somebody has the carries the threat of a shot, like, you know, we talk about it in the timeout. Um, but he executed it out there on the uh, on the court. You know, it's not the first time a coach has talked about it. And then you go out there and nobody take nobody has the the courage to take that foul. And the other team hits the three and ties it up. Um, but you know, he he just he's got a great feel feel for the game. He plays with a great confidence, um, and he you know he 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 just seems to find a way to what the team needs. Uh, he, he he brings to the table and it's it's great to have him and uh, you know I'm I'm also sure if you ask him how he feels about the award he would tell you uh, I care about winning right and, and and he's not lying that's not just the answer to the media that's that's who he is whether we're in practice or games he just wants to win uh, Coach Luke Walton with us. There were actually two specific plays I was going to ask you about. That was one of them. So the, a, a lot of times you hear the back and forth. Do you, you know, you're up three. Do you foul? That, that's that's been a long time debate. Was that was when you were in the the timeout prior to that at the end of the game? Was it foul no matter what, or you ended up fouling a guy who shoots fifty something percent from the free throw line, and it obviously worked? Was it foul this specific guy if he gets the ball, or were you guys going to foul regardless? No, so the, we have those debates too. We have them all the time. There's, it's part of the fun of being a basketball junkie and coaching. You know, we'll sit in my office and debate all sorts of different scenarios up one, down two, 12 seconds on the clock, two timeouts left, one timeout left. So, you know, my, my philosophy on that is, is kind of already made up in advance. That's not a decision we're making 
on, on the fly right there. That's, um, and, you know, up three under 10 seconds. If the other team has a timeout, um, you know, that's where I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say a maybe we'll, we'll foul this guy, but not that guy. But if the other team's out of timeouts, we're fouling no matter what. And, and we're going to make them turn it into a free throw game and bring the next possession full court against us. Um, so the, the message to the guys was, you know, we, we went to our, our zone type of defense to take away three point shots. So no catch and shoot threes. And, and when that ball gets inbounds, uh, we're, we're, we're taking a foul unless they somehow break down that zone and somebody looks like they're catch, the, the catch and shoot threes happening from the past, uh, we're taking a foul. Um, and, and, you know, Ty, Ty executed it. So, you know, we did that last year, too, and we didn't get the foul. And I think it was the San Antonio game or – no, no, it was Memphis. Memphis, we got lucky he didn't make the three. Um, but we had chances to take the foul, and we didn't do it. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we're looking – in that situation, we're always going to look to take it. And then going back to the Miami game, uh, that play at the end, uh, I'm, I'm curious, was that inbound get over to Rashawn at the free throw line for the push shot win? From uh, from the free throw stripe, or was, was that a broken play? <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking me if the play was to was to, uh, to get Rashawn that shot? I was mean, that... I'm, I'm I'm giving you an, you can take this wherever you want to go. I just I, it didn't seem like that. Not just missed, not just not making the shot, but it you know it just seemed like that play didn't go off like you had uh, drawn it up. No, and, and look, that's a play. Um, so I, I have a list of plays that I, I, you know, different times throughout the season of practice, we'll just do a segment and I'll put time on the clock and uh, we'll have an offense and a defense and let's see what it looks like with five seconds left. See what it looks, can we get something off with three and a half seconds left? Um, and then I, you know, I have a little, uh, you know, playbook for end of game situations. Do we need two? Do we need three? Uh, whatever it is with this much time for each one. And that's a play we've run before. We actually ran it in the New Orleans game at home uh, late in the game, and it it worked perfectly. And De'Aaron had a layup, and Buddy was open for three, and he chose to take the layup. Um, but they, they – again, I don't know if they blitzed it, or watching it again on tape that night, it looked like Jimmy just uh, Jimmy Butler just he he met, he, he he didn't switch. Right. You know, they, they most teams switch one through five in those situations. So we're looking to get the peel out and then a flat footed switch for De'Aaron Fox coming downhill. Good luck trying to keep him in front of you. Right. And it looks like they just if they did blitz it, I get. I mean, that's like, like I said after the game, that's a ballsy move uh, to leave Buddy Heald and blitz the ball, but. Uh, it looked like they could have just messed up the, the switch on it, and it ended up messing our play up that they 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 broke down defensively. But uh, the play was for De'Aaron to get downhill on a peel-out switch with Buddy being a, a second option, uh, you know, on a catch-and-shoot. So okay. we've run it before. It's worked multiple times for us. It's not the first time we ran that play. It just didn't work at, uh, at that time. You know, you mentioned uh, last year versus Memphis, and that reminds me. So this stretch right here, part of what was in the middle of that stretch was a double cancellation or postponement for your back-to-backs in Memphis. 
And I remember you saying that, hey, hey, we, we can take advantage of this time. One common thread in all our talks, Luke, is that there's just not enough practice time. There's just not enough camp. This is a, a strange and unprecedented situation. I don't want to read too much into it, but I don't. it doesn't seem like it's a coincidence that the defensive play has really ratcheted up since those two Memphis cancellations, even going back to that Knicks game. Did you, were you guys able to take advantage of any of that time and work on things? Yeah, the time was huge for us. I mean, it's, it's it's so natural to have slippage, right? Like we started the season pretty good, and um, you know, some teams you got you got the multiple all stars, and you got vets that are built around those all stars. But they're going to have slippage too. But you know, they, they they pretty much know what they're doing. Uh, you know, we're going through a camp, and we're not the only team. You see it throughout the league. There's there's just slippage that that naturally happens. Uh, when a team can't practice or a team goes through a, you know, a, a tough stretch of games or injuries or whatnot, um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're introducing defensive concepts with, you know, we, we're, we, we, a lot of the guys, we play big minutes, you know, they're, you know, Marvin's three years in, but he's, you know, he, because of uh, injuries, he hasn't had a ton of experience. Um, Tyrese is a rookie. You know, De'Aaron's still uh, fairly young. Um, Hassan's new to the group. So, like, a lot of these guys, like, we need reps and practice and, uh, and time on the court together. And without it, there's going to be slippage. And uh, having the, those days, we took the first day to just say, hey, you guys are playing, you know, the rest of your bodies. Day two will come in and really get after it uh, and, and really – dive into the details of what we're trying to get accomplished, like a training camp type of practice. Um, take advantage, fly out to the East Coast a day early, practice again in Orlando and go over all that stuff again. And yeah, then all, we sharpen up because we have the, uh, we had the time to, to, to take advantage of that. You know, you, you said when we talked right after you were hired that you knew all about Kings fans and how obsessed uh, with the team uh, this fan base is. And what you may not have known then is that not only are we all, and I put myself in that group, diehard Kings fans, we're also all head coaches, Luke. And <laughs> and it, I, I've been pulling my hair out in a great way over the stretch because I personally, personally, I don't care if you're playing slams and at the four, if the team is winning uh, to me, that's all that matters. But there's been some talk uh, about your fourth quarter closing lineup. Uh, last night, uh, Marvin did not play in the fourth. Uh, the previous game, Marvin was ejected with those BS technical fouls. And then I believe the game before that as well, uh, nothing in the fourth. We've been watching very closely the development of Marvin Bagley. He is, I'm so proud of him. He is making strides. You can see it starting to click. He is working his tail off. But I also feel like coaches' jobs are to are to win the game and to, and to and to close the other team down in the fourth quarter when you need to. I'm never going to question. Uh, you know, you got your lineups for a reason, coach. But I am curious if you could uh, color in some of the lines with your decisions on 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 who to play and who not to play in the fourth. Yeah, listen, Marvin. Everyone that is, you know, Mar- Marvin is doing everything he can as a player, and like you said, I am also as his coach. I'm very proud of him. I'm very pleased with the work he's doing um, as a player, that's all you can do. Uh, and he's doing that. He's getting better. I love watching the progress that he's making on offense and on defense. Um, and with him for now, what it is, it has, it has nothing to do with what he's not doing. It has everything to do with what uh, 
that closing group that we're playing with is doing. And uh, they're, they're playing at a very high level. They're playing, uh, they're playing um, together. And, you know, they, 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 they know what they're looking for. And, you know, that's, that's where we're at in the season. Marvin's going to get his opportunities. He's going to get his chances. And as long as he, you know, he, he continues, which I believe he will, as long as he continues to work and make progress, um, you know, this guy's going to be in the league for a long time. He's going to be a, a heck of a player. I've said it since I've been here. And it's nice to finally get him on the court so we can see this uh, and, and, uh, and have him start to, to, to learn these things. Uh, his time will come 100%. You know, right now, like I said, it's all about what the group that we are playing is, is getting done there in the fourth quarter. And, you know, that's what we're, we're going with right now. Coach Luke Walton with us. And, you know, Coach, as we wrap up, one, one, a couple things I've learned following this league and getting to know a lot of you over the years, there, there's a, a lot of things behind the scenes that stand out um, when you look at a schedule during the year when it, as soon as it, it gets printed out. One of them is uh, I sure hope we get a couple of days in Miami. Uh, that didn't happen. And the other one is what are we doing on Super Bowl Sunday? And in this case, <laughs> you guys got screwed on both counts. So what are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to, how's that going to work? Are you going to tape it? Are you going to watch it at home? How's that working? Yeah. I mean, it's the, the, the 22 hours back, 20 hours back to back. I just, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that one. Yeah. Um, and then to just add on, they're going to throw it. <laughs> They're gonna throw it to you on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, that, that was a tough one, um, but yeah, it's, listen. When, when you're in the NBA season, it, here's the, the the thing about being in the NBA as a player, and even more so as a coach, is like no other calendar matters other than the NBA season the schedule. So, like New Year's, Christmas, Thanksgiving, like none of that stuff. That, that's all. Is, that's all just bonus if you get to spend those days at home and when you're in the league most most years you find out that that's not the case um so it's this is nothing new uh i've watched super bowls in a ballroom in oklahoma city i've watched super bowls you know trying to stream it live on a four-hour flight across the country um so this is is just another day in the nba uh and that's not i'm not trying to make anyone feel sorry for it the best we have the best life in the world. It's just what it is in our league. You know, it's like I said, Thanksgiving, Christmas, sometimes you're home, Super Bowl, sometimes you're not. You just got to you gotta deal with it. Um, but it's all good because we get to play and, and coach basketball for a living. Is there a food that Luke Walton needs at his Super Bowl party or his Super Bowl get-together that he looks forward to? Yeah, I'm chips and guacamole. If okay. I'm hosting, if my, my wife makes the, the best guacamole, uh, the best homemade guacamole uh, around. So she knows on, on Super Bowls or any gatherings, I don't even care, honestly, if it's Thanksgiving. Like, you might not think chips and guacamole are the way to go on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I totally disagree. <laughs> when, we, when there's a gathering at the, the Walton household, you'll, you'll see the, the, the chips and guacamole. That's the uh, San Diego, L.A. Uh, you know connection coming out. Yeah, I think. I think there's a lot. Oh of yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Growing up in San Diego has got definitely has influenced that. When you get in the car and you throw on your Spotify, I just want to remind you: 
So we talked pre-interview about Gordon Lightfoot's song Sundown, which is a classic. So we're looking for The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald and If You Could Read My Mind. And you, unlike me, are a, are a huge Bob Dylan guy. You're a dead guy. You're a, uh, you're a Neil Young guy. I mean, we definitely, Luke, if we ever go on a road trip together in a car, we're definitely trading off what we play in the you know, CD player. But uh, I, I'm curious to hear you report back as to the uh, wonders of Canada's Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, I look forward to exploring him. Uh, here's a simple rule on the road trip. If, if Whoever's driving is picking the music. Yeah, that's a great point. So, that's actually a great so, point. We we can take turns, but it's wh- whoever's driving has the, the final say, it, unless you get the kids with you, and then it's nothing but frozen. But uh, <laughs> on, a, uh, on the hypothetical uh, Dave Luke road trip, right. whoever's driving is, is picking the music. I'll tell you right, uh, what I'm almost finished with now that a friend of mine recommended to me is Green Lights, the aud- uh, Audible book, um, Matthew McConaughey is uh what i've had on the oh. on the radio you know on the drive in each each day and it's it's really good it's a, it, he reads his own book so you know he's obviously a great storyteller perfect uh, and it's pretty entertaining some of his stories and just life experiences so that's that's what i'm on right now when okay. i'm not doing the music uh but i look forward to going on the gordon journey as well last thing you got a prediction chiefs uh buccaneers do you have a rooting interest and then who do you think is going to win well, I think I, I think Kansas City's going to win a close one. Um, I think Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time, um, but I, I think that I think Kansas City wins in a in a close in a close game. Those are both one hundred percent the correct answer. I could not agree with you more. <laughs> I I see it exactly the same, my man. Uh, listen, and, and I know you uh, you always say to me uh, when we're texting post games or whatever, don't get too high with the highs, don't get too low with the lows, even keel, and that is uh, that is you for sure. So I I hope that uh, I'm sure that that feeds on down to the players and the fans. But we're sure as heck uh, we're enjoying this ride right now, buddy. Uh, it, it doesn't come too often lately, and hopefully it'll come uh, far too more often in the future. Well, yeah, enjoy it. Uh, we're going to keep working, keep working on getting better, and uh, always, always great to be on your show. I appreciate you having me. Thanks, my brother. That is. Co-